Father, thank you that you have been speaking to us already this morning and that you you love to speak with it to us and you love to connect with our hearts and our minds. You love to expand our understanding of who you are and our experience of you and that you are so creative and, and committed to doing that with us. And so as we lean in to listen to your word and we listen to to what you're saying through Pete this morning. We just, we, we welcome you and we just ask that you'd give Pete a, a fresh um, filling of your Holy Spirit, that that you would speak through him what it is that and that you would like to say to us this morning and that you'd help each of us to really open our ears and open our hearts and minds to to receive that, that what it is that you want to say to each of us this morning. I pray a blessing over Pete and, and um, on his his gift of teaching, but actually more than that, just his life of, of obedience and worship to you. I pray that you'd you'd bless him and Nikki, and that um, that e- there would be something really refreshing and and a special sort of blessing for for him this morning as he preaches and steps out in this way this morning. We honour him and and we we thank you. Amen. Thanks, Pete. Great. Um, morning, everybody. Um, Kira, yes. Um, so uh, I want to, um, as Emma said, we're in this series, and uh, the I'm just going to read out the passage. This is from Matthew 11:28, from the message that we've been basing our series on. It says, "Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me." Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So... um. Lloyd introduced our series, didn't he? You remember he was talking about um, this thing about being in uh, being in kind of forward movement uh, rather than static balance, and that every step individually or corporately starts with surrender. He talked about Jesus being the narrow way, but the joy of finding the treasure in the field that motivates that surrender. Do you remember that? Great way to to start. And Emma then talked about growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus. She talked about life with God, not life from God, you know, what we get from him or or for God in terms of, you know, just purely doing stuff for him. Um, not over him, you know, just kind of observing his principles and, and, and finding our own way and not under him, kind of always feeling we've got to keep him satisfied because he's, he's just never, never satisfied and, you know, Reward and punishment will come depending on how pleased he is with us. All of that stuff, but actually it was about life with God. Fantastic. And then last week, Matthew talked to us, didn't he, about living from above and that brilliant phrase, pilgrimage, looking above, looking beyond the horizon, looking ahead with hope and expectation. We carry the promise that there is a home for us and we've got this long obedience in the same direction, pursuing that eternal future. His great phrase as well, he said, letting our imaginations be washed again in the story of God. It's fantastic. So so that was all brilliant. <laughs> um, today, um, our topic 
is uh, the fourth in this series, which is uh, called Listening to God. So our topic is called Listening to God. I want to start by reading something out from you, this brilliant book by Kevin DeYoung. Um, so, it's a newspaper headline. Man 91 dies waiting for will of God. Tupelo, Missouri. Walter Houston, described by family members as a devoted Christian, died on Monday after waiting 70 years for God to give him clear direction of what to do with his life. He hung around that house and prayed a lot, but never got that confirmation, his wife Ruby says. Sometimes he thought he heard God's voice, but then he wouldn't be sure, and so he'd start the process all over again. Houston, she says, never really figured out what his life was about, but he felt content to pray continuously about what he might do for the Lord. Whenever he was about to take action, he would pull back, because... He didn't want to disappoint God or go against him in any way, Ruby says. He was very sensitive to always remaining in God's will. That was primary to him. Friends say they liked Walter, though he seemed not to capitalise on his talents. He had a number of skills, but he never got round to using them, said longtime friend Timothy Burns. He worked very well with wood and had a storyteller side to him as well. I always told him, take a risk, try something new if you're not happy. But he was too afraid of letting the Lord down. Now, we find that that's quite a funny story, isn't it? It's not really true, by the way. Um, <laughs> but um, but it's, it's, a, it's a great funny story, and, it, and, it's, and, it, and we find that we kind of... It's funny because there's a little teeny bit of something in there that we relate to, right? So um, let me tell you a, a different uh, story. In winter 1956, while sitting in fear at his kitchen table, terrified about what might happen to him and his family during the Montgomery bus boycott, Martin Luther King says he heard the voice of Jesus speaking directly to him. I will be with you. He said it gave him the courage to continue the movement. And that voice of Jesus just was, wasn't was spectacular and amazing kind of super long thing of prophecy. But I will be with you was what he needed to hear from the Lord so that he could live an amazing transformational life and, and make such a difference in the world. So, um, listening to God is intended to be one of those unforced rhythms of grace. And yet that first story sort of highlights for, that for, for many of us it can be something else entirely. And, um, you know, uh, actually this sense of can I figure out what God's saying can almost become that this exhausting addition to our stress that just speaks to an anxiety that we're not really very spiritual and other people I'm sure can hear God a lot better than we can. You know, so. Um, you know, and other people seem to talk like it's easy, and yet secretly we struggle with it. Maybe, um, and maybe for a season, or maybe we've n- we feel like oh, I've never really been able to discern God speaking. And yet, you know, we do have some rhythms, don't we? We all have some rhythms. We okay with breathing, in, out, in, out, and uh, eating, sleeping, um, and we have some some in, some rhythms that we grow into life. So, for example. Um, when Nikki and I used to, uh, when we lived in the UK, uh, we lived in a place called Basingstoke. We'd be driving down the motorway going, going, going south, and all of a sudden we'd get to a turnoff, and we'd find that we were on, we were taking on the turnoff, and it's like, well, what are we doing that? So, well, that was Nikki's turnoff to work, and so w- even though we were going somewhere else, we'd get to that point, and there'd be autopilot kind of thing, yeah, because it was just a rhythm there, it just kind of got ingrained. I didn't even need to think about it, and. Um, become second nature um walking you know if you're if you've got a little one and you teach them to walk you know all of a sudden just becomes second nature it wasn't always like that though think about if you think someone who has rehab after neurological injury they're learning it all over again speaking our mother tongue you know 
other things, they might be a bit harder. There might be a struggle until it finally clicks. And certainly, you know, Tereo is a good example. You kind of, oh, kind of struggle. Um, I remember um, I had a, a week of um, immersive French when I worked for an Anglo-French company, and I'd done, I'd done sort of French at school a little bit. And uh, But actually, it was interesting that happened because literally I was just with this person all day, every day, and every single thing she spoke to me was French, just about everything, even explaining about what she was going to do. And, you know, we went to a Chinese restaurant for lunch and, you know, just we're talking in front the whole type thing morning to night. And, and the interesting thing was that, um, you know, uh, it just suddenly, I think it was like uh, like Thursday afternoon, all of a sudden I suddenly found that I was actually thinking in French rather than the effort of doing lots of thinking in English and then trying to translate before it came out of my mouth. All of a sudden the, the words and the, the shape of the, the thought was French and, and was in the kind of French category. So I was like, oh, okay. So it was like this real breakthrough. Um, and uh, Matthew talked, didn't he, last week about the epiphany of suddenly being able to ride a bike from being kind of all over the place and feeling whatever. And, and then suddenly you've got it and it kind of just goes and then you can almost, the balance just, you don't have to think about it too much. Um, and uh, similarly, more recently, a recent experience for me, uh, and Nikki much better than me, I should say, you know, with paddleboarding, you know, you get on and all of a sudden you're sort of, you're really, you're like, you're, all your muscles are concentrated because you're really just, I just don't want to, and then, and then you back up on the board, and, you're, and then, and then just there comes a point when you just sort of relax because somehow you've got that muscle memory that actually as the, as the little bits of waves come and it bobs, you, you just naturally correct for it and you haven't quite learnt how but you've got there some suddenly um so um so that's the the question can hearing god be that kind of unforced rhythm of grace in that kind of way um if you've got a bible um have a, a turn with me let's have a quick turn to luke ten thirty eight. um this is going to be our kind of anchor passage for what we're talking about today um this is um this is uh at the home of Martha and Mary, title, um, Luke ten thirty eight. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So, um, why am I telling you that story? Well, two, two reasons. Um, firstly, it's a really good picture for us about just sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to him, which is, which is great, and that focus uh, that comes. But... But also, uh, candidly, I'm sharing it because um, I felt like God sort of dropped that passage into my mind last night um, when I'd probably done three quarters of preparation for what I was going to talk about today. And it made me realize that I wasn't going to talk about today what I'd been preparing I was going to talk about today. So <laughs> thank you, Lord, for that. Um, so so if I'm a little bit disjointed and, you know, shuffling around my notes, it's because I've sort of been re shaping and um yeah and it wasn't look it wasn't particularly dramatic it was just like a, it just kind of the 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 the, the phrase kind of came into my head from that scripture and i just sort of know it knew in my knower you know kind of in it you know oh that's god and 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 that's a very sort of non-dramatic example of just hearing god um 
not that I was kind of um, straining really hard and, you know, like on the board, kind of really wobbly. It wasn't like that. It was just like as I was going about and I was, I was about to settle down to do something, in it, in it kind of dropped into my into my mind, and I just knew that 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 was God. I just had a had a sense of knowing, I guess, because actually, um, and a lot of my ability to know that is 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 just helped by things like this. Um, this this daily Bible app that the whole number of us are doing, just like you know, just hearing God kind of what God's highlighting to other people, and then what God's highlighting to you. I'm just kind of getting a bit more. It's just helping me to do it more often. I've always been very sporadic and hit and miss in my Bible reading. And actually, somehow having other people just kind of spurring me on, I find it really good and uh, just that little prompt and uh, an encouragement. So, um, so that's not because you know I'm anything amazing. It's just that um, that's how it how it goes and then if you're used to it it kind of just gets a bit more um i guess you get more attuned to it um so um so i want to talk about um therefore in the light of the fact that i'm not talking about what i thought i was going to talk about today um i want to talk about uh i'm going to talk about three things uh, okay so so firstly we're going to be dispelling the myth of the genius spiritual detective uh the second thing we're going to talk about is that there is no Bunnings Warehouse on Ruro Street. And the third thing we're going to talk about is you didn't miss the window. We're going to talk about the heart of the matter. So, firstly then, the the myth of the genius spiritual detective. Um, it, it can be that we see the will of God as this kind of really complex mystery to figure out and only the super spiritual ones with extra special powers can hear God and be really clear about what he's saying, kind of like a spiritual Poirot or Sherlock Holmes kind of thing. It's like, you know, that that somehow, you know, or indeed Indiana Jones and the voice of God, you know, that there's some kind of inscrutable God out there with a, who's got a thing that we could possibly know, but we've got to, you know, we've got to go through great heroics and, and stuff to try to find our way. And if we're smart enough and genius enough and clever enough and we dodge all the dangers, maybe finally we'll kind of, Ha <laughs> That was the nugget of truth that he held all that way up for me, and I oh, finally reached it, and I've got it. And um, uh, and, and and perhaps we might be uh, struck by that because there are some examples of incredibly specific guidance, you know, in in the scriptures. So, for example, you know, uh, thinking about um, when uh, when Saul had kind of. Uh, uh, been knocked off his horse and Jesus had spoken to him and he goes to this place and he stays there and, and God speaks to another guy, I think Ananias, and says, um, you know, go to Straight Street to the house of a man named named Judas. Saul of Tarsus is there, which was incredible. You know, that, that's, that's kind of pretty darn specific, if you ask me. I don't know if, if you know... Um, and, 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 and so there are those amazing examples, you know, uh, you know, or even you know, kind of go go and go and run next to that that chariot kind of thing, you know, for Peter and the and the Ethiopian unit, you know, uh, Philip and the Ethiopian unit. Very specific examples of that, um, and yet we can often find ourselves um, getting into a mindset where we sort of feel like we're in this kind of there's this tightrope of of finding and following the will of God, which is you know, like if I if I deviate one, I'm going to fall off the tightrope because I've got to know exactly. And so God, you've got to tell me exactly. You know, is it Straight Street or is it is it is it is it Main Street or is it number thirty two or is it number thirty four? And we get this notion that you know somehow we've got uh, almost like God is a kind of puppet master, and you know we can't do anything. We can't move like the guy in the story. You know, 
can't know anything because God's going to give us a very specific and precise instruction about each step that we've got to take. Um, and yet, um, you know, I was really struck and really encouraged by the psalm talking about God leading us out into a spacious place. And grace is a very spacious place. But um, here's an interesting question. This is a quote from a guy called John White, if I can find it. Just bear with me a minute. Uh, it says this, um, it's God who wishes to establish communication. He's more anxious to speak to us than we are to hear him. He is incredibly persistent in trying to get through. And, um, you know, God is uh, much more keen to speak to us than we are anxious about hearing him. You know, so he he's the initiator of communication. And, um, you know, you read the book of Luke and you've got, uh, you know, yeah, there's all kinds of things. Of course, God's going to speak with insight through his word when you read it. But equally, you know, just look at the Gospels. Look at Luke, for example. You know, you've got angelic appearances, Joseph being primarily spoken to through dreams, the Holy Spirit and the supernatural flowing right through it. Some amazing stuff. So that's all part and parcel of it. And um, actually, um, you know, just to tell you all the things that I'm not going to talk about, um, that so so um there's a, a a lady who uh who was at the church I was at when I first became a Christian called Joyce Huggett wrote a book called Listening to God. And um so just her chapter headings from her books, How God Speaks, Visions and Dreams, Voices and Angels, Nature and Imagination, Gifts of the Spirit, Prophecy, Interpretation of Tongues, Words of Wisdom, Words of Knowledge, and the and obviously the Bible. So so amazing. We could talk about all of that for a long time. But um but the important thing is this sense of well, what, what's the, what's God up to, and how are we, how do we, how do we posture ourselves? Are we that kind of genius, feeling like we've got to be a genius and hero to to sort of dis- discover the hidden meaning in things, or, or is it more like God is speaking a bit more like the cicadas at our house? You know that actually you get on new stuff, but if you actually stop and listen, all the time there's just this chirp, chirp, chirp in the background the whole time, because there's just like. I don't know, gazillions of these things out there all making the noise and you just, after a while, you just tune it out. And um, and I know, um, uh, I don't know if, uh, just thinking uh, like, like like Michelle and, and, and you know, when, you, when you're, when you're kind of expecting all of a sudden, I, I remember when, uh, when we were, when Nikki was expecting Mark, you know, all of a sudden I was walking around and there were baby shops everywhere, like shops selling baby clothes and stuff. And it's like, who built those in the last like hour the last like yeah because because i'm sure when i came here you know a few months ago there just weren't any but of course there were but you just i just never saw them because you just filter them out you don't realize you're doing it so um so actually god is speaking in a constant background that we often tune out but if we give our attention to it it'll be there so um now there are times when god's words really quite clear and quite specific and quite supernatural and quite unshakable. And um, and it seems like, you know, you talk to some people, it's almost like, well, the Lord said this, the Lord said that, the Lord said that. Well, they seem really spiritual. And I don't seem very spiritual because I just got a bit of an impression or I felt like it seemed good for us and good to the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, is that somehow more spiritual? Well, let me just ask you this. Do you think it was more spiritual when the Lord was giving manna in the desert to Israel, was that more spiritual way of, of sustenance than the Israelites being in the promised land of, land of farming the land, using the wisdom that they had? 
Which was more spiritual? Well, the answer is neither, right? Because God stopped the manna. There was a season when he gave it, and there was a season when he stopped it. And actually, the trick was adapting to the season that God had brought in. And sometimes it was very dramatic and supernatural, and sometimes it was about the normal and natural rhythms of life, punctuated by you know, amazing things, of course. And I think that's that's the sense we have is that even though there will be some amazing times and there will be some times when God drops in or shares something quite dramatic through a prophecy or a word, all good, but so is the very natural rhythms of life type stuff where actually you get a sense of, I think God might be up to something and not quite sure what it is. I think I'll go with it. That's perfectly spiritual to be not fully knowing. Um, so that was the first thing. So the second thing then, why did I say there is no uh, Bunnings Warehouse on Ruru Street? Well, it's what I mean by that. Um, if you read uh, the book of Revelation, um, every time uh, uh, each one of the letters to the individual churches is written, this phrase from Jesus says, if you have ears, listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. And um, similarly, you know, we um, there's a passage you might have known very well devotionally it talks about you know let the peace of christ rule in your hearts since it's one body uh, members of one body you're called to peace in colossians 3 and we often think about that do i have a peace about this oh maybe that's the lord then and that's and that's fine but what we're doing there is we're taking something that was never designed to be about an individual thing and we're making it individual the lord says hear what the spirit is saying to the churches Okay, so, so there are times when God speaks to me, or God speaks to you, but there's an awful lot of God, what, what God is saying, and he's not speaking to us individually, he's speaking to us as a people. And that's the bit that we so often miss out. And, and, and why did I mention uh, the, the thing about um, Bunnings Warehouse? Well, um, it's a bit, 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 like, bit like this. Um, you know, I, I think that... Um, we can think about church a bit like Bunnings Warehouse. And Bunnings Warehouse is kind of an interesting place. I haven't come across one before. But, um, uh, you know, what it's great for, you know, it's got loads of resources in it, right? And so all, all of these individual people who are all doing their own little DIY projects and kind of stuff, you can all converge on Bunnings Warehouse. And it's fantastic because you all pick up the stuff that you're going to need so you can take back and use it on your little projects. You know, you've got your, your tools or whatever. And it's great because you've been resourced together to go off and do your individual little things, right? But the church is not like Bunnings Warehouse it, because actually we're all working under the same master builder, the same architect, building something together. So it isn't about coming to get tooled up to go off and do my individual thing. It's not like that. And we see that in the scriptures as well. It's not, there isn't just God's guidance to you as an individual. Come here. Yeah, I love the worship and then God will give me an individual word so I can go off and be more effective in my individual life or know what to do in it. That's, you know, not not part of it. But it's we treat it like that's the main thing. And actually what we see is God wants to lead us as a church in the same way that in the church you know, in Revelation, you know, if you have ears to hear, hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. There was a word to the church, to the people. And so... We're missing that if we're not thinking about this thing of listening to God as being a... If we're thinking about it as a solo pursuit rather than a team sport, we're missing out. So, And that, and we might be missing out because actually some of what God is going to say is not going to make a lot of sense because you haven't put it together with what he's saying to other, from, to other people. And we've not 
put all the pieces together to see the pattern and see what God is saying. Um, we see that if you think about it in the book of Acts, you know, think about how Paul's, Paul and Barnabas were called. They're fasting and they're praying, they're worshiping together, and God spoke to the church to say, set aside Barnabas and Saul for the work I've called them to. It was God speaking to them corporately as a group, and then they got the direction. It wasn't kind of, you know, Paul had this amazing quiet time, and God kind of said, now's the time, go do it. Actually, God spoke through the church as a whole, which is amazing. And um, I just think there is times when, you know, we need that time. Either God will be calling us just to seek him in a season, and we need to do it together. It's not, it's not Lloyd's job. It's not Emma's job. It's not Vicky's job to hear where the Lord is taking us as a church, right? That's, that would be an Old Testament priestly concept where these guys are some kind of high priest. Actually, God gives his word through all of us, and therefore we're going to collectively find and hear the word of the Lord together and God's going to lead us together so so we need to do more of that don't we because that's like a real blind spot we, so if we feel like we're getting into Bunnings warehouse mode we've got to stop and say no what is it he's calling us to as a people are we clear about what God's up to as a people and if we're not clear let's do some waiting and listening on him and let's maybe be sharing not just the well God said this to me for my individual devotional life but hey I think this might be going on what's going on so, final thing, then, is um, you didn't miss the window. Now, Rob's just going to play a little clip for you now. Um, just before he does, you want to tear it up, Rob, uh, and get it ready. Um, I have to give you a bit of background. This is a, this is a clip from the second-to-last episode of my favorite TV show called The West Wing. And um, uh, there's, a, there's two people in this, in this clip. There's, uh, there's uh, Danny and CJ. The background is this. CJ has been the White House press secretary for a lot of years. She then goes on and becomes a chief of staff to the president. And there's a guy who's been a reporter. She's never been able to be in a relationship with him because it's been, you know, conflict of interest, all that kind of stuff. But they've liked each other for a long, long, long time, right through all the series for years and years. And years. Anyway, eventually, um, we've got to a point where she's at the point of literally the new president-elect is coming in, the president she's been serving is leaving, so she's literally got a couple more weeks, and, and, and then she's got to start a completely new life, so everything's going to change, that conflict's not there. They've just started a relationship, these two, they've been together a couple of weeks, and yet she's hearing, um, uh, she's trying to figure out, well, what, what does she do next, and she's getting all these kind of offers from boards of directors and things like this, and um, these guys have just had a massive row in the middle of the day, so he went to see. He went to see her, and they had this big row, right? Because basically, um, she he said, "What's going on with you?" And she said, "Oh well, you know, uh, uh, this guy, equipment Bill Gates, has offered me lots of it, but actually, they've 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 asked if I'll stay at the White House for a couple of years, and it's probably off. I can't say no to, so I'm probably going to do that." I said, "Well, well weren't you going to talk to me about it?" And they have this big kind of, you know, well, hang on, we've only been together for a couple of weeks, and no, I'm not at that, but you know, and how, what are you doing, imposing you on my life? And anyway, it all gets very fractious, and they all kind of go off in their own directions. And this is now the end of the day. So they've, they, they, at the end of the day, they're finally um, getting together.
hit the window, figure out how to do this. I see. Where am I right for another person? I might be three inch partner or whatever kind of thing, and maybe put it in that thing. I want to be fine. I know how to do it. Maybe at one point I did, maybe I never did, but until now, it's too late. This, I'm seeing, it's too late. It's not going to happen. And it says yourself, it's not an accident that this hasn't come together. This is who I am. I'm good at my job, Ben. I'm good at working. I'm not good at this. You're right. You suck at it. You're going to need a tremendous amount of training. You suck at it. I am, actually. Train me. Oh, I'll call some up. That's unfair, but we'll deal with it. I, I don't need training. Well, I suppose not. What's that, Tony? Well, it is this. We're going to get good at it. We're going to get good at new things. You don't know that. I do. Don't make it sound like it's nothing. You didn't miss it. What if I did? You didn't miss what it. What if we can't? We'll figure it out. Board of directors job for a couple of Where months. the hell did that come from? I'm trying. You, you, you want to be involved? I, I want you to do what you want. Like the job at the White House, I just want you to talk to me about it. I want to talk about what it'll mean and how we'll make it work. I want us to talk like we're going to figure it out together. I want us to talk because I like this conversation. I just want to talk. You didn't miss the window. That What's the heart of the matter? Well, I want to talk just about relaxing in the presence of God. When we're trying to listen to God, we shouldn't feel anxious. We shouldn't feel like it's a test of our faith. You know, some kind of underlying doubt. Well, God needs to say something or maybe he's not real. I'm feeling a bit stressed about it or I'm unspiritual, all of that stuff. Um it's not there in tune, and I'm not in tune. You know, God isn't a radio. <laughs> He's perfectly able to <laughs> connect to us in the way that we are, not the way that other people are. Uh, and, and, and that kind of anxiety is just putting the emphasis on our inadequate skill as a listener, not God's overwhelming ability to make himself heard whenever he wants to. I can go on a car journey. Right? I can go on a car journey with Nikki. We can, just, we can like, not talk for maybe 20 minutes, just, just be together. I used to do that with one of my bosses used to give me a lift to work in the morning and and we would always talk because actually if we had like 30 seconds where we weren't talking it got a bit unbearable because I kind of didn't know him that well right and uh, it just was awkward and you know what I mean but there's a difference between just sitting there loving and being loved our friendship in an easy silence that's the kind of companionship that God is after with us and we can often think of hearing God, listening to God in a very utilitarian way. Well, I need to hear God, I need guidance, and I need to hear God. I've got things to do, uh, God needs to show me, right? But what he wants is he wants to hear our voice. He wants to talk because he loves to be with us. And so we can be very utilitarian, but actually listening to God is first and foremost relational. It's about companionship, you know? We don't need a sat-nav. We need our very best friend to be alongside us. 
Brother Lawrence was a, a guy who used to do kitchen duties at a monastery about 500 years ago. Wrote a few things about that um, that have stood the test of time. He said, um, men invent means and methods of coming at God's love. They learn rules and they set up devices to remind them of that love. And it seems like a world of trouble to bring oneself into the consciousness of God's presence. Yet it might be so simple. Is it not quicker and easier just to do our common business wholly for the love of him? The Bible never talks actually about guidance, but it does promise someone to be with us as a guide, the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be anxious and hung up about it. And actually, if you're still not really sure what's going on, even after you've spent time listening to God, that's all all right, because maybe you just needed to corridor a bit together, right? And keep doing it even when you don't understand what's going on and just just keep growing and learning because it's all about the journey and about being with him through it. Even when it's clear and even when it's not clear. God bless you.